Hey, my name is Brian Golden. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church. And I just want to personally thank you for listening to our podcast. And I also want to invite you wherever you are around the country or in the Tampa Bay area to join our digital online campus at centerpointfl.org. And here's what you need to know. Our vision is to create an alternative to church as usual for all people. And all that means is, regardless of whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, you're new to faith, you're investigating faith, or you don't even know what you believe, our goal is for you to feel like you belong, even if you never believe. And so thank you again for listening, and I hope today's message encourages you and helps you. How are we doing at the 11 a.m.? Uh, so glad we're starting a brand new series today called um, It's Complicated. Can we just, I just want to thank everybody. I know, I think Bradley already did this, that are a part of this thing, that give, that serve. Weren't those stories and baptisms incredible? Can you just give it up one more time for those individuals? There you go. And uh, right now we have, actually I'm like rushing because I was in uh, Discover CC, which we have a full class of uh, Discover CC, which is about um, our story as a church, kind of, you know, what we're about. So if you didn't hit today up, that's during the 11 a.m. We do that every month. So we got one coming yeah. up, but um, a lot going on today. It's awesome. And then Friday, just a reminder, we have Her Night, um, which doors open at 6.30. It's going to be awesome. We're so excited about that. And what I'm super excited about is that God got the memo and blessed us with cold weather that weekend. So, because um, you know, I like make plans and then God laughs at me, but um, we like have s'mores and fire pits and all sorts of fun things for that night. So please make sure you come out. It's free. Just register so we know how many to plan for with the desserts. So it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Um, all right. So we are talking about all sorts of relationships. And so right now, what I want you to think about is your most complicated relationship. Okay. So it could be um, a romantic relationship, a marriage relationship, a sibling, um, maybe it's with an in-law, a parent-child, a friendship. But if you're, you're most... sitting next to them, don't make eye contact. Yeah, exactly. Don't be weird. Um, but like your most complicated relationship, okay? And so um, if, you know, my closest friends are in here, I know it's me. All right. I'm fully owning that. Um, and part of the problem why it's me is because for whatever reason, being the introvert, uh, no, I'm not an introvert. You're not at all. <laughs> at all. Um, being the extrovert <laughs> that all. I am, um, I attract really introverted people. Um, and I'm also attracted to introverted people. I, 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 I'm not sure why. Opposites attract, right? And so, but the problem is, is I feel as though at times I give introverts a complex. Like, I'm, you know, I'm a lot. And then, but then I feel like I'm always afraid that introverts are mad at me, right? If you're an extrovert, don't you feel like introverts are always mad at you? Because their faces never communicate the happiness in their heart. Like, they're just always <laughs> mad looking. Um, and I'm married to one. And like, it's, you know, it was so funny because a couple of Sundays ago, I serve over usually in CC Kids. And so I came over to tell him what was happening. And um, he's just sitting there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so finally, I was like, am I boring you? And he's like, well, you're just droning on and on. And I was like, oh, okay. That wasn't then, really a story for Yes, it was. And I was like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> we promised you guys wouldn't be our therapist, but surprise, the next four weeks, you're going to help us work everything out. I'm just joking. Um, and so I left. So after both services, I'm like, dude, are you okay? He's like, I'm fine. In fact, I'm great. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I've had a happy heart all morning. And I, I feel really good. And I was like, then why did you say you were droning on? And on. I was droning on and on. He was like, I was being sarcastic. That's my love language, you know? And it's true. It's so true. anyways, but when we first got together 12, 13, however many years ago, I don't even know anymore. Um, what other stories are you going to tell that you didn't tell? The no, this one, you that, know, okay. this one, you know, that was all right. it. Um, it all right. But we, <laughs> uh, <laughs> shh, 
We were over last service, and you're going to make us over this service. Uh, But we had just started dating, and I didn't know the full extent of his introvertedness. I also did not know his entire family are introverts, and I blew that up real quick. Um, But we started dating, and and I was living in Lakeland at the time. He was over here, and so I was calling him to figure out, like, what our plans were. And that particular night, he was like, listen, like, we have no plans. I need to be by myself. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, I've been with you the past two or three days. I need alone time. That's the time. thing. I, I did legitimately love her, but it had been three days in a row. It's like, I just need some time. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I it's get, like, that's something introverts need, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so let me just, it, it's just so I'm not by myself up here. Like, introverts will back me up on this. Is like, you have to be by yourself to replenish. So if you want me to be halfway decent in our relationship, I need to not be around you sometimes. I, and that's, Is that right? <laughs> Come on, like, is anybody, thank you, thank you. And all the extroverts in the house are like, pull yourself together, man. I mean, like, what is wrong? And I thought it was just me, but then I realized, like, no, upon further investigation, when he said he needed to be by himself, he meant, like, by himself in his room, by himself for, like, hours on end. I don't understand that. But anyways, relationships are complicated, right? So they're complicated because we have different personalities, different perspectives, different backgrounds, different experiences, and they all come together um, when two people are in a relationship. And like I said before, it doesn't matter what relationship you're in, they're complicated. They're even more so complicated because, as you're about to talk about in a second, we all have hopes, dreams and desires that are completely different as yeah. well. So, and I had this illustrated for me by a mentor like years ago, and it's always stuck with me. And I, I talked to our church about this quite a few years ago, but I want to do it in a little bit different application. But I feel like this helps us visualize it a little bit because disp- you know, besides all of those things, personalities, all that stuff is a big deal. We also come with really good things like hopes, dreams, and desires that I would even make the argument are part of the image of God mm-hmm. on you. And yet they have the potential to overcomplicate relationships in a big way if you don't know how to handle them correctly. Yeah. So let me illustrate, like even in friendships, like it can be complicated around money. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you're really cheap. Your friend wants to go out all the time. That creates tension. Um, If you're married, this could be a huge tension point. You're trying to figure out like, you know, are we one income? Are we double income? Um, How are we going to pay for college? Usually it's not always, but one person's really good at budgeting. The other person doesn't know what a budget is. I don't call anybody out, but like there's that dynamic. Um, Your kids like want all the latest gadgets, all their friends have it. And it complicates. Um, Yes. The other thing is responsibilities. This is for my 10-year-old. But you're trying to figure out who's work, school. Um, if you're in a, for, a sor, what am I trying to say? Fraternity S- or sorority. Yes, that, you're in one of those. Uh, apartment. You, the other one of you is a slob, and you're trying to work out, like, what are our responsibilities? Who does what? Like, that's just, that has the ability to complicate well, relationships. And, and more than that, too, like, when you have kids and you know, the responsibility is like you go to school, then you go to college and you get a job and you move out. And as a kid, you're like, no, I want a year off, you know? And anyway, so yeah, responsibilities can get Um, tricky. This is specific with relationships where it's like marriage or romantic relationship, but you're trying to figure out where we're going to live. We're going to lease. Are we going to rent? Are we going to join the tiny house movement? Are we going to, you know, whatever thing we're going to renovate a bus and drive around the country, but you got to figure out like, and everybody's got different expectations. Mm -hmm. And some of your, your hopes, dreams, and desires may be wildly different. Um, For us, uh, the whole thing with a car was Mm -hmm. not a big deal, but like I had this brand new, uh, like off the lot Acura RSX that I loved, 
But as we were about to have kids, it was not kid-friendly. And this is when you were in business making a lot more yeah, money. Yeah, a different lifetime. Not that and I'm so, better or anything. Um, we're but you know Lord's you're work. trying to sell somebody else. Like, I swear we could put kids in these bucket seats. You know, you're trying to yeah. like as best you can. Um, but you got to figure out what you're going to do with car, um, if you have El Camino. Or um, the other part of it is maybe you just, you know, give up on life and get a minivan. You just, you got to figure out what you're going to do. So I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, it's a joke. It's a joke. Um, kids. So this is, uh, you know, in terms of like raising kids, mm-hmm. parenting kids, uh, trying to figure out, figure out if you want to have kids specific again to kind of marriage relationship or we're going to foster, or we're going to adopt or even friendship, yes. the complication of other people that have kids your age or they don't have kids and you're trying to work all that yeah. stuff out. So. Yeah. Or I mean, to get super serious, um, you know, we had some friends that were having trouble getting pregnant and having children. And so like when we would hang out with them, it was always a tension point of how much do I talk about the kids? Like when we're around other people, they ask me about the kids. What do I say? How do you know? Um, it's complicated. Yeah. So just so I, I um, have, a prop you know, have all my props because yes. I'm not going to leave any in here. So you just have to figure that out. Um, and then maybe for some of you started having kids and they were like, we need to go till we get a boy. And so you just keep working and then you get one and you're like, oh, did we need one? So however that works out. Um, then the other thing, calendars and scheduling is a big deal. And so this, this relates to everything. Mm-hmm. I think you could relate this to business relationship, um, work stuff, friends, all of that dynamics with your older kids yep. and scheduling and when are you going to be home and are you ever going to eat dinner here and all of that stuff. Or will you ever stop eating are you dinner ever here? Stop eating? Yes. I saw this thing recently. Also, as you get older, like dynamic change of what you want to do, um, where you wanted to when you're younger, sneak out of the house to go to a party. Now you want to sneak out of a party and get back to your house. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you know, you need alone time, extracurriculars <laughs> with your kids. Like all of that yes. stuff complicates relationships really fast. Um, the other one is like holidays. Yeah, or like, and, um, and you have to talk through like, are you decorate for Christmas before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving, people? Because that's a big. That'll deal. create wars. And nobody gets that, but like on social media, like come close to Thanksgiving, it is deal. hateful yeah. stuff from the don't decorate until after Thanksgiving, people. They are mean. Um, yeah, that's probably true. And then the other thing is, yeah, trying to figure out, like, it, it, this wasn't so much complicated for us because your parents were out of state, but trying to figure out what holidays, you know? I mean, and maybe yeah. your, your spouse was gracious enough or, you know, your significant other, like, well, I'll just, I'll just take, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I'll give you everything else. And you're like, so I get Arbor Day and Halloween and All Saints Day or whatever, but you got to figure all that out. Um, what else? Uh, travel. Oh, travel. So, you know, Sorry, one of you wants to go to the beach. One of you wants to go to the mountains in a prop plane, really unsafe. Um, you got to figure things out in terms of um, sex life. That's the thing in a relationship, specifically, you know, marriage relationship in our context. And, and sometimes we don't really think about what our hopes, dreams, and desires are. It's just like, well, you know, a lot or, you know, whatever. That's as kind of far as you've defined what you want out of a sex life. Um, and also... There are so many different props we could have done. Yeah, you guys were wondering what prop I have for that. <laughs> I, the, I drew that out on purpose because I could just feel the tension in the room. Like, what's he going <laughs> to what's he gonna pull out? Because, like, they um, want to make sure all their some kids of are it's checked like in. What, it's more on the negative side of, like, what you hope's not going to happen. Like, you hope your wife is never going to end up in one of these. So it's like... And I left the, t- the tag is on, so you know that's not mine. I um, left the tag on. But, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> All right. I love it. See me after. I um, love it. I love and it. then uh, conflict would be like, and this is a big one, and this relates to every relationship. I mean, you've got to figure out how the, 
handle conflict in the marketplace or the workplace. You got to handle it with friends. Um, you're trying to navigate it with your kids and teaching mm-hmm. them as they're experiencing stuff um, that just seems way beyond your pay grade. Um, and then obviously in intimate relationships, you're trying to figure that out. And what's always tough about this, and you know this, is based on your experience and what you saw modeled, it's all over the map. And, and literally, you can have two healthy ways of dealing with conflicts that are polar opposites, but to them, it's healthy. Like you have the stuffer and you're mm-hmm. like, you can just deal with it and you work it out and you don't ever talk about it. You're kind of a peace you know, maker and you just go your way. And then you've got another one where you grew up maybe in a family where you just yelled it out yeah. and it wasn't bad. Like you just, everybody was fine at the end. Like you yelled at the top of your lungs and you're like, oh, we got it off our chest. We're good. And then you brought that into a relationship. And the first time you did that, you had somebody else in a fetal position in the corner <laughs> thinking, who in the world did I get into a relationship with? Because that's not their experience. Yeah. And so figuring out conflict, figuring out how you want to be treated. I mean, I think a lot of times we don't define this, but we kind of have this thing in our mind of if you love me, mm-hmm. you'll never or yeah. if you love me, you will dot, dot, dot. And it, it leads and directs what we're hoping for, what we're dreaming mm-hmm. for, what we're desiring in relationship. My, so my whole point is just this. These aren't bad. Yeah. And you're bringing these and they're a part of it, but they can easily complicate your relationship and become really unhealthy. So we'll talk about that a yeah, little bit. Yeah, they can. And honestly, like they are coming from a good place, right? They come from two different places. They come from what you observe, all right? So that could be what you're observing in culture, what you observed as a kid, Mm -hmm. what you've observed in your workplace or with other friends. Um, And then it's also coming from experience, right? And so when we have a really bad experience, maybe our parents got divorced, maybe they didn't and they honestly should have, you know, um, maybe you watched two friends go through a really difficult time. Whatever your experience was, you want to avoid that, right? And so you're going to do everything you can to avoid that particular situation at all costs. And then if you've experienced something really, really good, you know, like Bryant's parents been married for 53 years, uh, you know, gosh, I should know how long my parents were 30, 40 ish, whatever, you know, you're like, gosh, I really want to recreate that. Right. And so you're thinking through all the ways, how do I recreate that? How do I make sure I have a good relationship with my kids? You know, maybe you did not have a good relationship with your parents. And so how am I going to create a good relationship with my kids, with my siblings, with my in-laws, on and on the list goes. And so you are thinking, okay, I've got a plan for how I'm going to recreate this. And, and, and your plan is your hopes, dreams, and desires. Yeah. And, and you're taking that into a relationship. And, and the problem is, is the other person has all sorts of things that they want to avoid and recreate. And, and there's multiple ways to have a good relationship right? Um, But the problem arises when you think your way is the only way. And it now becomes my hopes, my dreams, my desires, instead of our hopes, our dreams, our desires. And you start kind of pushing your way onto the other person because you think your way is the only way. And and that's when it gets really complicated. And the way I would illustrate it, so when you come into a relationship, this thing, this whole box is coming with you. And then whether you realize or not, what we have the tendency to do is like hand this off and like, please Mm -hmm. make these come true. Yep. Like, please fulfill these hopes, dreams, and desires for me. And then the other person is doing the same thing, except, I mean, rarely are these boxes the same. I mean, they they don't line up. And so what happens is, what is hopes, dreams, and desires that are even a gift from God easily become expectations Mm -hmm. in a relationship? And you know what expectations are. The definition, a strong belief that something will happen 
or will come true in the future. So even if you're not there yet, you're like, well, we agreed though. And eventually you're <laughs> going to get it together. And eventually we're going to hit that benchmark. And eventually here's how it's going to work. And it's this expectation of this is what has to happen mm-hmm. to fulfill my hopes, my dreams, my desires. So yeah. let me try to illustrate this real quick. Cause here's the problem with this. Cause honestly, subtly it's like, well, that's not a big deal. That's just human nature. But the problem is expectations that get unhealthy, create what I would call a debt-debtor mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's the same as accounting, where they owe you, you owe them, and you start almost to interact with one another transaction. And again, this mm-hmm. can happen in a lot of different relationships, but it's really deadly in any kind of marriage or romantic relationship. But same is true in friendships, all of that, because now it just becomes, this is what you're supposed to do. Here's what I want. Here's how I think it should work. Here's what's in my box. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like a ton of pressure. Yeah. It just feels like you have to do this. Now, the thing that I would say, I mean, like this is true for us. Just use us as an example, 12, 13, almost 13 years in. Whatever it right? is. It's, yeah. I mean, I love you, but whatever it is. It's been, and it's been an amazing it 11 years. Has. So, um, it's like 13. <laughs> yeah, I was, okay. Okay. Um, so <laughs> my point is, uh, what was my point? So in those relationships, like you get it naturally, you get into a routine, you get right. into a rhythm. Um, there's, there's even roles, not necessarily based on gender, but just based on the, the relationship dynamics. All of that, like that's, that's okay. That's part of it. But it can easily move to this dynamic where everything is expectations. Mm-hmm. And where all of a sudden, you'll never thank them when they do, but you will make sure that you let them know when they don't. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever that thing is. And here's where this really gets off the rails is all of a sudden, I owe you replaces mm-hmm. I love you. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because unconditional love to be expressed in any relationship, it requires margin. Yes. And if there's no margin to be able to give and receive it, they won't you won't be able to communicate and they won't be able to receive unconditional love. In fact, in our notes, I put it this way. Um, The expectations remove the margin for unconditional love to be recognized and appreciated. Mm. Because in expectations-based relationships, here's the thing that you should just kind of watch for, your ears should perk up for. Rarely will you hear thank you. Yep. Rarely will there be many expressions of gratitude. It's one of the things early on in our like, relationship and parenting, we really try to pay attention to of even with our kids instilling this idea of gratitude and thank you because the thing that just happens over time is you just take everything for granted mm-hmm. and it's just expectations. Well, you owed me that. Mm-hmm. That's what you always do. That's mm-hmm. what you've done for the last five years. That's mm-hmm. part of your job, your role. I mean, all those things that we get into. So here's how I would describe it. If I owe you money, I can't give you money. The same is true in a relationship. If I owe you everything, I can't give you anything. Mm-hmm. And what will happen, and let me just, and I'll end this part with this. Some of you are trying everything you can to make traction in that relationship. Yeah. And you're trying to regain maybe intimacy and connection, or you're trying to reconcile and restore. And you are working with everything you've got in you to show them that you are for them, that you love them, that you care for them. You're trying everything you can to, to create these expressions of unconditional love. And every time you do it, you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. And they're not receiving what you're trying to communicate. And the reason is, because you've removed the margin for that to be able to be received or expressed because now it's all expectations. So even when my heart is, I'm doing this out of a desire of, I wanna love you, I wanna serve you, I wanna communicate that you are important. You're just receiving it as we're back to even because that's what you should do. Mm -hmm. That's what I expected you to do. That's what you always do. 
And so you can't get any traction in terms of intimacy and connection and reconciliation because everybody's just working off of I owe you and you owe me and yeah. the intimacy is gone and ultimately you just feel a lot of pressure. Well, I think like the, the relationships that you feel the safest in, regardless of which ones they are, are the relationships where there are no expectations, right? And you can be fully and truly yourself and the other person can be fully and truly themselves and there's this mutual love and respect. And so if you do not feel safe in a relationship, then more than likely one or both of you have expectations that you're bringing in, expecting the other one to meet. Um, and when this happens, four, four different things will occur, okay? So the first is, is that one or both of you will leave the relationship. Um, so in other words, the person coming in saying, hey, meet all of my expectations, you know, I, you are going to, and, and I, and I want to say this too, sometimes, you know, the unmet expectations aren't a result of the relationship you're in, right? It could be a result of a previous relationship. Um, and you never dealt with that previous relationship, and now it's coming in and inf infiltrating your current relationship. Yeah. Um, and, and this can happen in so many different ways. Um, and for me, kind of the dark side of it is my, my brother committed suicide, and so now almost to a fault, anytime I'm in relationship with someone who's struggling, my mind, the first place it goes is they're going to die. And, and I then become almost overbearing and, and I take on all of their troubles and their, in order to try to make sure that I keep them alive, right? So that's kind of a, you know, sad example. Sorry to take a really dark turn out of nowhere, but um, it's true. And so the person that's bringing their expectations saying, hey, please meet all of these, the other person's going to get overwhelmed. I can't meet any of those. They're going to leave. Or you're not going to have any of your expectations met. You're going to get frustrated and you're going to leave. Um, the second thing that happens. And, and I would just say real yeah, quick, the side of that too, yeah. and I know this goes without saying, the problem is when, when they don't fulfill them or it's not what you want, it's not what you were hoping for, when you get up and leave, yeah. you take this with you. Yeah. And then you just bring it into the next relationship. Everywhere like this doesn't go, stay where you are. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, the, the second thing that happens is, and, and this one's so funny it's or so sad it's funny I guess is that you end up winning right so you bring your box into the relationship and you're like all of my hopes and dreams and this I tend to do this in my relationships okay if I can just be honest with you I walk into the relationship and I'm like listen I know that all your hopes and dreams are my hopes and dreams so like let's just agree that my hopes and dreams are our hopes and dreams and this relationship is awesome right and I live on like this cloud nine of like yeah all my relationships are great because everyone agrees with my hopes dreams and desires and like our the you know obviously I'm going to pick where we take all of our vacations and I'm going to pick all the restaurants and I'm going to, because my way is the best way. And sometimes that will work for a season until that person gets completely burnt out and then just basically decides to lay down and die for you. Um, and, and you just end up railroading the whole relationship. Um, and then the third thing that happens, and this is kind of the flip side, is that you end up conforming, right? So you've come in, here, here's all my hopes, dreams, and desires. You're going to make them all happen. And then that person's like, I don't have a choice. So whatever you want, I'll do. And they lose themselves in the relationship. Um, and they get overrun by your coercion, your control, your conviction, and they just basically let you run the yeah, show. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth thing that happens is you end up compromising. Mm -hmm. And a lot of you are like, yes, that's the right answer, right? We've been compromising for years. But a compromised relationship is not a real relationship. 
because you've compromised to the relationship, you're not actually in relationship with the person, right? And, and I understand sometimes compromise in the moment is the easiest thing to do. Like with our four kids, when they're fighting, I'm just like, you know, sometimes you just scream, just compromise, you know, like just find a way to make it stop, you know? And sometimes in the moment, that's the best thing you can do. But if you are living, you know, in a friendship with a sibling, you know, with an in-law, a business, a, you know, romantic partner, if you've been living in a compromised relationship for, you know, 10, 12, 15 years, that relationship isn't healthy anymore because one or both of you have lost yourselves and you're just making it work. Yeah. And again, I know when you hear that, you're like, ah, you're wrong on that one. Like, mm. I agree with the rest. You're off the rails on that. But he, here's what we mean. When a, a compromised relationship is actually fueled by commitment to the wrong thing, which is it's a fuel, it's fueled by a commitment to the relationship. So here's how I would put it. Like, you didn't marry a marriage. Mm-hmm. You married a person. You're not friends with a friendship. You're friends with a person. Yeah. And I remember early on distinctly, we, we, you know, we were just trying to get feedback and mentors and, and people who are way ahead of us in terms of marriage. And we sat down with several people that, man, we walked away and we're like, oh, I don't know. We're, and they had been married for a long time. Like yeah. we're not 40 years, 50 years, which is, it's incredible. It's awesome. It should be honored. But their whole time talking to us, they were like, well, it's just a grind and you just grind it out. <laughs> and you know, it's really hard. It's tough. We realized it's going to suck a lot of the time, but you just, you know, you give up stuff and you just kind of whatever and you keep grinding and you keep grinding and you can just make it work. And we're yeah. like, that sounds horrible. Like, yes. congrats on 50 years, but dang, to get there, it does not sound like a happy time at I mean, all. I remember so our neighbors, we walked away, we're like, I don't know if we want that. And our neighbors, some of our neighbors come to church. It's not any of those neighbors. These neighbors moved. But I remember when I was meeting them and I was like, um, hey, you know, how long have you guys been married or whatever? And the husband's like, we've been married for 25 years, but we don't like each other. We're just sticking it out. And I was like, Okay. You know, like that was, I was, that was honest. <laughs> that was like literally what yeah. he told me, and I just felt so bad. Like that's sad. So in this, like this whole compromise thing, is what often happens is again the strongest personality or the best litigator wins. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, your conflict, you know, handling is stupid. You know, do mine. <laughs> your, you know what I mean? And they'll just they'll convince and coerce you in their direction, and then because you want the tension to go down, you'll give in, and so for a while they're happy because, like you said, like oh, this relationship's great. Yeah. And the pressure's off for them. And it's great, but eventually both people will, will lose respect for one another. Mm-hmm. And we heard this advice a long time ago that I think is really helpful is when you are in relationship, part of the, the things when you love somebody is to study yes. the people that you love. Yep. And so if all you have right now is a commitment to a relationship, go with that. It's better than not being committed. But you'll never thrive that yeah. way because you, you need to, I, more than anything else, I don't want to be committed to our marriage. I want to be committed to Nicole. I don't want to just be committed to parenting our kids. I want to be committed to studying Brooke, mm-hmm. Ryder, Braxton, and Case because they're unique and they're individuals and they're made in the image of God. And there is a subtle difference between just compromising and being committed to a relationship rather than going, no, I'm giving everything that I can, even though I'm scared to death. You might take advantage of me. I get, we all have our stories, but it is the best way forward if yeah. I really want to thrive in our relationship. Yeah, I love that. I have nothing so, to add. That yeah, was so to good. Add. No, That's some shock. I know. <laughs> okay. Um, keep going. So here's the thing real quick, just to put this in context um, via the scripture, and then we want to land the plane in terms of a couple practical things. So the question is, how do we keep from making it so complicated Mm -hmm. or making it more complicated? There's going to be complication because there is a better way. There is a different way. Jesus introduces what so many of you are so familiar with, his new covenant command, his new command we talk about a lot. He's with his guys in the upper room. He's about to be betrayed and killed. And he says what all of us probably have heard, a new command I give you. 
I want you to love one another. And our response is the same as, uh, as the people in the room that night. We're like, ah, yeah, I heard that before. Like, I need something else. It's going to take more than that to save this thing. And Jesus' disciples, same way. Oh, we've heard that before. And Jesus is like, I'm not done. I want you to love one another. And then this is the kicker. I want to love one another as I have loved mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So you must love one another. Like the standard of following Jesus and modeling that in relationship is ridiculously high. Yeah. Because Jesus, after he says this, would go and put on a demonstration that would take their breath away mm-hmm. because he would take his breath away. Like I'm giving everything for you. And in the moment when Jesus said it, he could have looked around the room hours before he's betrayed and like called out Matthew. Hey, Matthew, remember when I rolled up on you at the tax collector's booth and nobody liked you because they hated tax collectors in the first century? And you remember what I did, Matthew? Look at me, eye contact, Matthew. Remember what I did? I invited you to follow me. I want you to love people like that. Mm-hmm. He could have turned around and said, hey, Peter, you are constantly over-promising and under-delivered. You have the biggest mouth in the world. In fact, your epic failure is still a couple hours ahead of you, and yet I'm never going to leave you, and I'm yep. never going to forsake you, even though you are going to abandon me in the worst way imaginable. Yep. Peter, I want you to love other people like that. Mm. And come on, when we hear that, we're like, okay, I know I, I do love Jesus for those of you who do. If you don't, you're not sure about Jesus, you can filter all this out. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's going to be relevant anyway. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you're kind of like, well, how do I worship you? How do I love you? Jesus, what can I do for you? And Jesus is like, nothing. I want you to do something for the people around you in relationship. Mm-hmm. I want you to love them the way that I've loved you. And we're like, is there another option? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we, I go on a mission trip and maybe yeah. that'll cancel it out? Because that is so hard to do. And the thing that we go to immediately, and this is just human nature, is, well, you don't deserve that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't deserve that. They're not worthy of that. I might be taking advantage of you. All those things are true. You're 100% right. Jesus is like, that's not the standard. I want you to love them the way that I have loved you. And I know you're scared to death to do that because of what they did. And he's crazy. And you don't know my story. I understand all of that. It is your best way forward. Mm. If your relationship is ever going to thrive, this is it. Well, and I would just, I, I just thought of this and I, and I didn't share this first service. So this is for someone in here. Um, but I, I, I think some of you, you, you struggle even in your relationship with Christ and even accepting his unconditional love because you've never experienced that here on earth. And so I think for some of you, you have to settle that first before anything else. And I think some of you have accepted Christ as your personal savior and you understand that on a theological level, but until you've experienced that personally in your own heart and really um, done the hard work of, yes, Jesus loves me unconditionally. Yeah, my life has been hard. Yes, it's been difficult. Yes, I've had some unfortunate interactions relationship-wise, but his love. I think sometimes, babe, would you agree, we take the, this box and, and we, we almost like shove it to God. Yeah. And we're like, hey, we've got all these expectations. Why haven't you met these? And we yeah. almost treat him like a human relationship. And we forget that he's the God of the universe. And he said, listen, this world, you're going to have trouble. It's going to be broken, but take heart. Yeah. I've overcome the world. And ultimately, when we get to heaven, he's going to wipe away every tear. And, and that's what you lean into that is, is, and we've talked about this in previous but it's, it's almost like your pain becomes a tiptoe into, you, you, you tiptoe, you peek into heaven, right? Yeah. And that's where your hope and, and, and your confidence needs to lie. And so some of you have to do the hard work of you have taken an earthly relationship and projected that on God. And you're going to have a hard time even doing any of this until you settle yeah. <laughs> once and for all who your heavenly father actually is. And you by faith accept that he loves you unconditionally. Yeah, yeah 100%. Come on.
I think like if Jesus couldn't have been any clearer, he comes along and John records it. And you know this verse too, but here's the other thing I would say, and we'll, we'll move on in a second. But if you're in a place right now where you're trying to reignite intimacy, mm-hmm. and I don't even just mean sex, like yeah. connection, deepness, you're trying to restore a relationship, you're trying to get back in some way, this is the counterintuitive idea. The way you get there, or the yeah. only way you have a chance to get there, you, there's no guarantees, is to sacrifice your mm. way there. Which nobody's signing up for that, yeah. right? Like that's not a part of our hopes, dreams, and desires box. Like how much can I sacrifice for you? We don't ever start that way generally. But Jesus said this, greater love has no one than this, that he, then he lays down his life for his friends. Mm. Meaning great love is accompanied by great sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And if you want to know great love, I'm just telling you, with all the fear that you have about them not reciprocating, which is what all of culture will tell you, it is the best way forward. You can do all the other stuff and you will, you can potentially survive. You can get to 50 years and like, we made it, we grinded (laughs) it out. But if you want to... I almost did it again, survive. If you want to, if you saw our promo video, I can't get that word. If you want to survive... There it is or not survive and thrive, this is the way forward. And the question I would ask you is, all of these things are important, Mm -hmm. but are they life? Yeah. Because the reality is, you just said it, some of these things we're not getting until the other side of eternity. Yeah. And so are you willing in that area to put them above all the hopes, dreams, and desires that are in your box? And then again, to eliminate all ambiguity, Paul comes along and says this, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility Mm -hmm. count others more significant than yourselves. Doesn't mean they are, it means you should act like they are. It means you should function in a relationship like they are. And humility is, I'm gonna think more about God and what he's done and less about myself. This is not about low self-esteem or worth or not understanding mm-hmm. my identity. No, I'm, I'm secure in who I am and my identity in Christ. In fact, he's never gonna leave me or forsake me, but I'm gonna do what Jesus did for me who treated me as if I was more valuable when I wasn't. Yeah. I'm gonna treat them as if they were more valuable even though they're not. And then let each of us look not only to his own interests, which means... Your hopes, dreams, and desires, you should pay attention to your own interests. Mm-hmm. But it's not the only thing you should pay attention yeah. to. And let us pay attention or um, be mindful of the interests of other people. And so the way forward, you want to uncomplicate your relationship. You want to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. It really is. As hard as it seems, I'm going to do my best to drop the expectations somehow move them back to hopes, dreams, and desires. And I'm gonna begin to act as if your thing is better than me, you're more important than me, and I'm going to do what benefits you, even though I'm afraid, Mm -hmm. even though I'm not sure it's gonna be reciprocated, even if I don't know if you're gonna move in my direction, and even if you don't deserve it, and even if you're not worthy, Jesus says, follow Mm -hmm. me. This is the way forward if you want to thrive in your relationships. I thought you almost did it again. (laughs) That scared me to death. Um, And I just want to say this real quickly too. Like we're not talking about abusive relationships, unsafe, you know, relationships. So if you have walked in here having experienced that, like that is deep, that is dark. Um, You know, I there is special grace for that. I think the only way some of you will be able to move through that to a healthy place is through therapy um, with a trusted counselor. But I just want to make the distinction that we are not speaking about that. Like there is a moment where you draw a line in the sand and you say enough and you make sure you are in a safe place taking care of yourself or whoever else is in that abusive relationship. And I would say we're not talking about lay down and die in a relationship. Because I know as we're talking about this, this is just part one. You're like, yeah, yeah, but what about, what about, okay, we'll get there. Yeah. 
I get all of the complexity and all of the layers. I'm just telling you, it's your best shot. Mm -hmm. It's your best way forward. And we'll talk about what to do with all this other stuff because it's not that you just lay down and die or you act like these don't exist. Yeah. They do. But I'm just telling you, if you live in your relationships full of yourself, they mm -hmm. will end up empty. Yes. If you somehow change the dynamic to empty yourself, which is not natural, you have the best shot at fulfillment in your relationship because it's how you've been designed. And the way that our culture or the thousand voices that are shouting in here, what yes. they'll tell you about relationship, a lot of times it's not how God has designed them. It is the upside down, counterintuitive, like subversive kingdom ethic. Give your life away, you'll find life. Yep, yep. Give your relationship away in terms of surrender, you may just find it. Yeah. And, and so the question then becomes is how do you hold loosely to your yeah. expectations, right? Um, and, and it starts with this question. It starts with what are you owed? You know, what does this particular relationship owe you? And the honest answer is that relationship owes you nothing. And why does it owe you nothing? Because Jesus gave you everything when he died on the cross for your sins. And see, when we start to operate correctly in relationships, we begin to experience the gospel in a way we never have. Because some of you, I said this earlier, you know the gospel theologically, but you don't know it experientially. Because right now, you are walking around with your fists in the air, ready to fight anyone and anything that threatens your personal safety, right? And so you've been hurt before, you've been abandoned, you've been betrayed. Um, and so you're ready to fight anyone that's going to come out at you. And instead of opening your hands and surrendering to Jesus and allowing him to take your hurt and your needs and your unmet expectations and trusting him with them. And, and you know what? When you do that, you're going to feel like the weight of the world's been lifted off your shoulders. Yeah. Because right now you live so on edge, so fearful for the next shoe to drop, you cannot relax and enjoy your life. And some of you have been trained, like, the moment I relax, that's the moment when something bad's going to happen. And I get that. We lived through a really difficult year in 2019 where it felt like everyone we loved was dying, literally. And, and sometimes you feel like the moment I relax, something bad's going to happen. But that's, that's the mystery of Christ in you. Mm -hmm. When you begin to surrender to Jesus and to trust him with your hopes, dreams, and desires, and when you trust him with your hurts and your unmet expectations, when you begin to surrender those to him, he begins to fill you up with himself. And he meets all those deep needs and he heals all of those hurt feelings. And then you begin to love other people that same way. And as you love them in their most undeserved moments, you begin to experience God's love in your most undeserved moments. And it's kind of this cyclical thing, and it becomes yeah. the mystery of Christ yeah. in you. And so you have to figure out, what are my expectations? You have to have an honest conversation with yourself. What are those things that have happened to me that have hurt me, that have created these unmet expectations. And then you have to decide in that moment that you are going to be the person to go first. You're not going to wait for that other relationship, that other person, that relationship. I don't care who it is. Mm -hmm. um, after the service, we had someone share with us that, you know, they haven't talked to their siblings in probably 10 to 15 years because of a small, in, in the moment it seemed big, but a small miscommunication. And, and so there's been no communication for about 15 years. And so one of you has to decide to go first yeah. and say, listen, these are my expectations. These are what I've been holding on to. Now I want to stop talking and I want to listen and I want to know what are your hopes, dreams, and desires 
for yourself and for this relationship. And, and I'm going to listen without interjecting. I'm going to let you talk. I'm maybe going to have to hear about how I've hurt you. I'm going to have to be ready for that. But I'm going to be secure enough in my relationship with Christ and realize that he, it's because of his unconditional love for me that I can offer that to you, and I'm going to listen. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest. We'll probably talk about some next week. I, I couldn't agree more. Did some of these expectations, they should never get out of the box hmm. to be communicated to somebody else because some of these can't even come true. Yeah. Like, I, you know, if, if my wife was looking for, you know, a 6'5 NBA athlete, she doesn't need to tell me that. That should just stay in the box of hopes, dreams, and desires. But babe, you are a six foot five, I, uh, and like in my eyes, yeah, yes. yeah, whatever. <laughs> so I have no idea where that example came from. But my point is, what, what is, some of this stuff, to, the expectations, that's for you to answer with you. Mm. And then the hopes, dreams, and desires questions is for somebody else mm. to go, I'm going to listen, and I'm just going to receive this. And I'll, I'll just say this. I don't want to put all, you know, broad brushstrokes and all of us, but I think for guys it's difficult sometimes because that question is vulnerable. Mm. And and if you're asked that question, I think a lot of times our default is like, I don't know. I don't know what they are. I'm not sure. And maybe we don't, but in some cases we just don't want to lean in Mm -hmm. and we don't want to be vulnerable Mm because it's kind of scary. Mm -hmm. But I'm just telling you what's happening sometimes though is you're not communicating these expectations but you are waiting for them to fulfill them. Mm-hmm. And this is the all-in question and answer to go, no, no, I'm all in and it's scary and it's vulnerable, but I want to know. And then on the other side, I want to get to the place. And I'll just say this, by the power of the Spirit of God, if you're not a follower mm-hmm. of Jesus, it's hard for me to explain this, but you can't just do this. Yeah. But the more you are able to lean into Jesus' love and grace over your life unconditionally, somehow, I don't understand it, he will empower you to love in a different kind of way and make the decision, because it is a decision. Yeah. You don't owe me. Mm. And there's a mystery about that in great relationships. My parents had a great relationship for 53 years. I don't understand all of it, but there was this weird mystery of they understood they owed each other everything, but they weren't owed anything in return. Mm. And they lived that way. And somehow they both came around that and it was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And the only example I can give, and I'll, I'll end this part with this, is early on, I made this joke earlier. We've been together for 13 years and 11 of those have been amazing. And that joke <laughs> didn't land. But my point was this, is that early on walking through um, the mental illness mm-hmm. stuff that, that we didn't even know existed, um, that Nicole was caring for her background, it was really difficult. It was really dark for about a year and a half. And then since then, God has done a miracle that doesn't always happen, but it's been amazing. Our relationship has been amazing. But in that season, I remember having to get to a place where I had to let down what I felt I was owed from Nicole and what I felt like I was owed from God. Mm-hmm. And there was a wrestling of God. I brought all these and I felt like I did everything right. And there was a bit of self-righteousness and arrogance ever, to be honest. And I had to let that go and go, God, you don't owe me anything. And Nicole doesn't owe me anything. Mm. And that's a decision that you have the ability to make. But this really is the thing of I'm going to take the pressure off of them, which is really scary because we're afraid of what are they going to do? And they're not deserving. And what if they hurt me? And all of those are possible. Yeah. But this is your best shot. Well, and I I was going to say, like, how is that controlling manipulation working for you and your relationships? You know, like, are those healthy, really safe relationships? And you know, obviously I can tell you pretty boldly, like, no, they aren't healthy. Those aren't good relationships. Those aren't safe relationships. And so your only, you know, your only solution, your only hope is to surrender your hopes, dreams, and and desires to Christ and, and to lean into his unconditional love and then to offer that in your relationships. And I think like, 
um, for me, you know, as I was walking through those dark seasons, like it was not easy for him. I was physically like, you know, I was hurting myself physically. I was hurting him physically. Um, I was walking around with steak knives, very suicidal. Um, It was really, really difficult. I mean, we we weren't sure our marriage was going to make it. We weren't sure I was going to make it. You, we had just started the church and you, you know, had offered to resign because it was so bad. Um, And you know, I think through that experience by him constantly forgiving me, and, it, and he wasn't perfect. He'd be the first one to tell you. He messed up a lot, you know. Come on. Yeah. Um, but he forgave me consistently. He offered grace. He offered love. And it was through that forgiveness, that grace, and that love that I really began to understand what the gospel actually was for the first time in my life. And so you get the opportunity, and this is something that's incredible, to represent Jesus Christ to someone else. You get the opportunity to be a tangible representative of the gospel to somebody else. And as you do that, you will begin to experience the gospel in your own life in ways that you never have before. And and what am I saying when I say the gospel? I'm saying Jesus Christ dying on the cross for your sins, rising again, and that unconditional love, strength, and even power, the power that raised Christ from the dead, that's available to you in these hard relationships. And so we've got to lean into those. And and here's the thing, we wrote this down, holding back in a relationship because of fear of what might happen, (laughs) it's only gonna ensure it will happen right? Fear makes us do really crazy things, and we don't have enough time to tell you all the crazy things I did out of fear. And what's wild is Bryant hadn't hurt me. My angst and my fear in my relationship with Bryant came from a relationship from when I was younger. And it got projected on him out of fear that what happened back then was going to happen again. And it wasn't until I made Jesus Christ the center of who I was and not Bryant, not this other relationship, not anything else. I had to make Jesus Christ the center of who I was. And when I did that, it was amazing how miraculously that fear began to dissipate and it began to leave. And I began to have confidence in who I was in Christ and who I would be apart from a relationship with Bryant, God forbid, apart from a relationship with anybody else. I had to be secure in my relationship with Christ. Yeah. And so... We'll just end, I just want to end with this. If you're not a Jesus follower, you can kind of pick and choose. And you've got to kind of figure out what the motivation is to move forward mm-hmm. and, and loving that other person. And I get that. But if you're a follower of Jesus, here's how I would end. The call for us, and as difficult as this is, is to go first. Yeah. And my hunch is, and I've experienced this over so many years, there are relationships that are so close, honestly, mm-hmm. in a positive way of God doing something incredible. And nobody will go first. Yeah. Because they're afraid of giving up control, but you have no hope till you let go. Ephesians said this, that when you were dead in your trespasses and sin, if you believe that Jesus is your savior, meaning Jesus dropped the expectations for you and for me. Yeah. Jesus did something for you, whether you did anything in return for him. Mm-hmm. And even though they're unworthy, they're not deserving, they may take advantage, all of that is true. But I'm telling you, some of you feel like a relationship is dead. Mm-hmm. And the same power that Jesus used to raise you from the dead, spiritually, in some cases, emotionally, Jesus is able to do in that relationship if you would follow his example. And so really the question is what we talk about around here all the time. You may not be sure what to do. You may be at the end of kind of your rope in that 
you know, corporate environment and that, that work culture, the friendship and all the complication or the second marriage and you're not sure if there's a way forward and you have a thousand voices telling you what to do and everybody says you should quit or you should leave. Mm-hmm. And the question really is not what are they saying? The question is when I'm not sure what to do and it's a little bit scary and it's a little bit muddled and it's a little bit fuzzy. When I'm not sure what to do, what does love demand yeah. of you? Yep. What did Jesus model on your behalf? It is your best approach and only shot going forward to thrive and not just survive because at the cross, God went first. And so this is really what we'd leave you with. How do you get to the place to put each other first by going first in an effort to be last? Mm. And you're like, that sounds horrible. No, no, no. If you're willing to go first, God can use that to change everything, but somebody's got to go first. And when you get two people to do that, I'm telling you, it's extraordinary. Mm. Because I'm just going to leave you with this. The very thing that your heart longs for, Mm. the very thing that you were created for, you will not be able to experience if you're trying to look for it in a relationship where you are ultimately coercing to try to get it. Mm. Because the very thing that you were created for is unconditional love. Yes. And that's the very thing you're not going to be able to experience as long as you're demanding it because Mm. unconditional love requires room and margin in the relationship to be able to give it and to be able to receive it. Mm. And so as scared as you are, what are your expectations that maybe inadvertently you hand it off to somebody else and said, please fulfill these. Mm. And would you be willing to lean in to, to the other individual, go, what are your hopes? What are your dreams? What are your desires? And trust Jesus in this area because he may do something beyond what you can even imagine. Mm. And then the last question is, so what do you do with your hopes, your dreams, and your desires rather than just ignore them because that's not healthy? We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> so that. would you just pray yeah. um, over the relationships and the people in this room, those watching, <clears throat> um, listening via unfiltered radio? Yeah. Jesus, we just, um, first of all, thank you that we have a place that we can come and um, talk about the hard stuff. And Lord, I know um, a lot of the stories in this room, God, there's, there's a lot of really dark, difficult relationships that people are walking through and living in the midst of and trying to heal from and, and figure out. And so, Lord, I just pray right now that you would remind each individual in this room, God, that they are loved unconditionally. And God, that you have a special forgiveness and grace specifically for them. And that God, you want to meet all of their hopes, dreams, and desires. And Lord, it starts there. It starts with us leaning into who you say we are and who you've called us to be. And Lord, if we can just begin to understand how much you do love us and everything that you've given to have a relationship with us, that begins to change everything. And so, Lord, I pray that we would start there. And then, God, as we're walking through some of our most difficult relationships, I pray that we would do the hard work of healing and begin to figure out what do we feel we're owed, what are our expectations, and that, God, we would begin to take those to you And that, Lord, we would lean into the other person and say, okay, what are your hopes, dreams, and desires? And what can I do to represent Jesus Christ to you? How can I model the gospel to you so that I can begin to receive the the understanding of what Jesus has done for me? And so, God, I just pray that you would just give us the strength to hear what we need to hear and the wisdom to know how to apply it. We love you so much. We thank you for your love for us. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this message or have been impacted by Centerpoint Church in any way, would you consider helping us out in one of two ways? 
First, if you would just spread the word, share this message with your friends, family, maybe you could go rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast catcher, but this helps us so much more than you know. And secondly, this ministry is supported by people like you through their financial generosity. And so if you've been impacted by any of these messages, would you consider giving to support the mission and vision of Centerpoint to see people reach with the radical grace of Jesus? You can give today on our website at centerpointfl.org. And again, that's centerpointfl.org.